podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. It is Thursday, time for another viewer's voice and the much-anticipated FSG show. Uh, joining me tonight, we've got Gav, Shawnee, and making his debut on the show, Jonathan. Jonathan, nice to have you on. Thanks very much, Matt. Pleasure to be on. Um, I suppose I'm listening to the podcast since the early days, uh, Treb Downey days. I think, Gav, were you on a podcast called The Enfield Wolves? I was. Like that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, so long-time listener um, and long-time antagonizer on Twitter, some might say, <laughs> or Shawnee said, a cheeky bollocks. <laughs> but yeah, pleasure to be on. Well, it's uh, good for you. Not a lot of uh, antagonizers on Twitter have the sack to make their faces seen and actually stand up <laughs> and back their comments up. Shawnee, how are you? Looks like you're living the high life currently. Yeah, mute with uh, He's muted himself again. God giving out to me again. The, the, this the the remnants of a of a of a COVID lockdown. My brother-in-law built the bar that was back garden. So uh, Guinness off the tip, and I'm already one or two in. So it's fucking it's lovely horror. And uh, again, uh, big props to Jonathan for having the having the bollocks to come on, uh, which takes a bit of down. You know what I mean? Because there's not many who would. So and. Me, me and Jonathan have been annoying each other on Twitter for years, but it's all good crap, you know what I mean? I see people in the chat waiting for it to kick off here. I don't think it will. I think this is going to be just a general discussion around FSG and whatever way it goes, it goes, but it's never personal. No, and look, sure, as I always say on Twitter, there's no, like, I mightn't be right. There's no guarantee. It's just an opinion, like, there's no right or wrong. Some people feel that their opinion is gospel. I guarantee I don't think that. No, it's definitely not. There's very little you can believe 100% that you see on Twitter. Gav, finally got it put together. You all ready? Got stacks of copious notes, talking no, points. not a single note. No, really? not a single note, unless you want me to sing. Um, but no, looking forward to it because, you know what, this FSG stuff comes up day in, day out. Um, it's very easy to avoid if you don't go onto social media, but it has come up. Yep. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people that have views on it I think find it hard to portray them views in a proper way um, whether they're right or wrong or they believe they're right or wrong I think they, they find it hard to portray in the setting that is Twitter or social media so to come on here and, and chat about it and you know for me personally I think there's good points there's bad points there's there's optimism and then there's there's a bit of scepticism as well when you look forward so it'll, it'll be interesting it'll be interesting over the next hour or so yeah all right, well, let's get into it. So 
kind of the format we're going to go with is I uh, just want to kind of run through and sort of chronological format of FSG's just over 12 years now that they've been uh, in charge of the team. But I think a good place to start is I mean, October 15th, 2010 was when FSG were uh, allowed to buy the club. You know, I wasn't nearly the level of fan I was at the time. Uh, Jonathan, you remember your feelings around this time, like the state of the club under Hicks and Gillette and how you felt knowing that we were getting new owners in? Yeah, I remember at the time there was people very worried about administration and the club was going to get going to administration, but I never felt that was going to happen. Um, I thought just thought Liverpool were too big to fail. And I suppose then the American owners took, o- took over. Let's to be brutally honest, I didn't have any opinion really because I knew nothing about them. I knew absolutely nothing about them. So I wasn't excited nor was I disappointed at the time. I suppose I was a little bit younger at the, at the time. I was probably thinking, geez, I'd love a Roman Abramovich type figure. And now it's going to come in and put in loads of money. But I suppose as you get older, you, you probably think and you read more into the type of figure that Roman Abramovich was. And you, you think, do you really want that involved with your club? But yeah, at the time, I'd say indifferent. I, I never believed the thing that FSG saved the club. And I don't like when people say that. I never felt um, the club was ever going to go into administration or ever fail. Yeah, well, I mean, according to the things I read, because my memory on it's pretty foggy, like, Johnny, it was hours away from administration. Yeah, but one with Jonathan on that, I don't think we would have never went into administration. I think there would have been many suitors around waiting for. This was just a, a look, if I'm being honest, like, you could call this, like, and this is not a negative. This is just capitalism in a nutshell. This was a ma- massive opportunistic grab for anybody with the chops and the money to pick up Liverpool at a pretty penny. And Hex and Gillette left us in a fucking awful state. But I don't think I would have ever gotten to administration. I just, I couldn't see it personally myself. Like Jonathan said, I just think it's too bit, look, we've seen about Rangers, but that was completely different. They were just, there was no due diligence done there. Basically, the banks got these pair of pricks, Hicks and Gillette out of the club. They called in everything beyond. They hadn't got it. They had to sell us. It was never going to be an administration thing. So I'm with Jonathan when I say, I don't like the term FSG saved Liverpool. Um, I think they done really well to get us at the price they got us at. And looking now, it's been one hell of an investment for them. Yeah, there's uh, there can be no denying that. I mean, 300 million pounds uh, at the time the club was valued at 532 million. So to get it for almost half of what it's quote unquote valued at is uh, pretty good money. And, you know, Gav, one of the things I learned doing the research for this was that basically uh, New England sports ventures, as they were called at the time, they were about the only bidder for Liverpool that weren't making their bid on the assumption of building a new stadium. They were about the only ones that wanted to stay at Anfield. Do you remember, like, because that's before me of, like, you know, these 50 million pounds worth of designs and drawings and stuff like that. Were you ever on board with the idea of uh, owners that would get us out of Anfield and build a shiny new stadium in the water? The thing at the time was, if you wanted to progress as a club, you had to build a new stadium. It was a massive thing at the time. You know, Arsenal done it in 2006. Um, City had got their new stadium in, I think, 2003 after the Commonwealth Games, I think it was. And, you know... Hicks and Gillette took over the club and they done it in a similar way that the Glazers done at United where they just load the loans, go in, get the club and 
that was off the back of uh, was it DIC the Dubai based crowd that were meant to buy the club and they were telling yeah. um, they were telling the Liverpool owners at the time to buy order all this steel for this stadium and then it turns out that they didn't come through with the bids so it was it was mad I remember being over in Liverpool at the time um, at games when when the whole Hicks and Gillette stuff was going on it was madness you know it was absolute madness and you know. The whole, yeah, okay, FSG saved Liverpool. I think that might be going a bit far because, but we were saved in, it doesn't matter what way it was happening. The, the banks were going to get it, get them out. It was as simple as that. So we were saved from them rather than the club saved, if you know what I mean, because they were fucking mad. Like they, they turned up, they were drawing a different stadium every week. They wanted a spade in the ground about four hours after they took over the club. It was just madness. Like it was, it was like, you know, like, um, I'm watching Ted Lasso at the minute and it's like basically an ownership version of Ted Lasso where they wander in and go, Hey, let's not deal with this. This is fucking great. There's a big park. Let's build a stadium. It was insane. Um, but, but Sean is right and, and Jonathan is right as well. Like it's, you know, th- they see something. They're investors. That's what they are. They're investors. They see that opportunity at 300 million, which is about 60% of the value of the club. They go in, they do a deal. Was it Lloyds Bank? I think it was at the time. Um, Lloyds Bank come in and Hicks and Gillette are gone and they're throwing shapes. Hicks and Gillette, oh, we're going to protest this, we're going to do this. But they hadn't got a leg to stand on because they couldn't pay the money back because they weren't making the money out of Liverpool. Um, Liverpool, you know, as a, as a marketing entity was poor. In, in, at that time, was really, really poor, and they weren't making that money back. They were making promises on new stadiums when they couldn't even pay their bills. So, FSG or whatever the New England Sports Ventures, wherever they were called at the time, they go, they go, and they get the club. And I'm, I'm with Jonathan. I, I knew nothing about them. All I knew was Hicks and Gillette are bad fucking news, and I had to get to the stage where the banks went, "We're repossessing this." That's how bad they were. That's all you really need to know on them. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so I mean, FSG comes in. It was 10 years after they had bought the Red Sox. So they bought the Boston Red Sox in 2001. Since then, they've added the Pittsburgh Penguins hockey team. They have half of a NASCAR racing team. They own 80% of the New England Sports Network, and they own the Boston Globe and, you know, real estate and a bunch of other stuff like that. So, I mean, when we talk about FSG, really we're talking about three people and another group that's just come on board in Redbird this year. John W. Henry owns 40% of fsg he's the principal owner tom tom werner's the chairman he's the second largest stakeholder uh redbird this spring 700 or last spring 750 million for i believe it was 10 or 15 percent made them the third largest and mike gordon the president is the fourth largest so it's really like just those four that we're talking about here uh one of the first things they did when they came in a couple of days later christian perslow left as managing director went on to much greener pastures i'm sure now and then Damian Kamali was brought in as director of football strategy. And shortly thereafter, Hodgson gets the sack. We get through Torres being sold, Carroll coming in. And by May of 2011, FSG has finished paying off the debts that Hicks and Gillette had racked up on building a new stadium, 50 million pounds worth. And shortly after that is when Michael Edwards came on board for the team. Now, this is where we hit the often talked about Moneyball era of Liverpool. Uh, there was... Uh, interview that Damian Kamali did after he left the job where he said he was given a directive from the team that they weren't allowed to spend more than $10 million on a player and the player had to be under the age of 21. And if you look at the signings that came out after that, you know, plus or minus a couple million here or there, that's literally they followed it exactly to the plan. Uh, Jonathan, do you think that that Moneyball idea was necessary for the team to come in? Like, 
was that necessary for Liverpool to get back on a sound financial footing? Just to clear up, uh, I'm not Corbelli Red. I see a few people asking in the chat. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that famous man. Um, yeah, trying to think of their first few years in charge who we even signed at the time. Um, like I suppose Moneyball, it's more suited to um, that t- the baseball type, stats type game. I know football stats has been used more in football in the modern day, but there's still the eye test in football where I think baseball, similar to, I suppose, cricket and sports like that, where stats are more prevalent. So I suppose they came in a little bit green and as time went by, they moved slightly away from the money ball, probably fused money ball more with an eye test and a a football knowledge. Yeah, it's actually... When does does Kamali come in? Kamali comes in on the 3rd of November 2010, and he is let go on the 12th of April of 2012. So he gets about a year and a half. But, <clears> but is, that, is, that, is that off the, the back of... Kamali made. Is that off the back of them giving, being really stung by Andy Carroll, right? And then they do 20 million on Stuart Downing? Because they give Daglish a fair whack of money, from what I remember. And yeah. the only one that's really worked out was Jordan Henderson, I think about 16 million. Um, yeah, when Kamali was in charge of the signings, his marquee signings were Andy Carroll, Luis Suarez, Jordan Henderson, Stuart Downing. So you're looking at 20 million, 23 million, and 5 million. Other than that, you've got the likes of Charlie Adam, Doni, Jose Enrique, Coates, Bellamy, Ibe, Danny Ward, Shea Ojo, and Jerome Sinclair. So Kamali like, did spend a little bit of money, but. I think kind of Downing, Charlie Adam, Carroll, they were kind of type the money ball type thing where um, I think Downing stats were very good for uh, crosses and Charlie Adam's corners were obviously worth X amount of Is that what it was, 10 million? And then they were trying to walk around Andy Carroll being, I suppose, one of the best headers of the ball in the league. So there was a there was definitely a money ball element, I'd say, to the those first raft of signings. I think... I think Moneyball was necessary in a way to get us where we needed to go um, because if you look around that time, that's the early, that's the inception of like Man City's owners coming in and starting to spend a lot of money and United having like more than disposable income in Chelsea. So like if you look back to then, the type of players we were trying to buy, like there was so many signings we just missed out on, like the likes of Mkhitaryan and and William, we kind of had the budget to do that. And if you look, like, that was basically the cornerstone on which the, the, the team that Klopp built walks off, really, when you think about it. Like, when you look at sort of the players we got in for a minimum and sold them and were able to build the club around. So I think a lot has made up, like, so many clubs are adopting the money ball approach now. Um, like the likes here, Brentford's and the Salzburgs. I think Liverpool, I think but maybe in that regard, we were kind of ahead of the curve. Um, but I think you have to apply that to the era that I was in, was like 2010, 2012, 2014, 2015. Like for where Liverpool are now and plan to be, like the money ball approach is not going to get it done. So, and I, I can't remember like the last, let's say, People would say Minamino was money bar, but it was just low risk. You know, like I don't really think it was. Yeah, but, and it was only it, it only ended up being something like fucking yeah, seven million uh, profit. 
Like the thing no, is, it wasn't like, something that they. Uh, I think a lot is made of the money ball, but I think to be honest with you, I think they kind of pioneered that a little bit, and it stood to us because, like, totally in fourteen, you look at the guts of that squad and what that done. You look at the type of manager that FSG were trying to appoint after Kenny. They looked at uh, Martinez, they looked at Ancelotti, and they ended up with Brendan Rodgers, you know? So you kind of, like, Moneyball was never to the detriment of a manager, I don't think. I think maybe fractured relationships between a director of football, like, well, kind of, this is hearsay, but it looked like Michael Edwards and, and Rogers kind of never really clicked. It was kind of sort of like, I want Benteke, okay. Well, if you get from me, you know, I want Benteke. It was always sort of an eye for an eye sort of thing. And it was never really, there was no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There was no cohesion until really Klopp comes in. So, <laughs> like, Moneyball is something that that still it's a stick that still used to be FSG with, and I think it's very outdated. I think it's a I think it's a silly show. I think there's many things you can level upon FSG, but I think trying to use Moneyball against them in a negative term is a little bit silly. They did what they had to deal with, what they had at the time, and you need to realize that, like. FSG, where it stands for sports group, this is what they do. They build franchises. This is what they did with Liverpool. And that's what they were trying to do. And I think when you look back, it worked to an extent. I think it was the building blocks on which this team is built on that we're currently seeing now. So it's kind of it, 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 it needed to happen. It was a, it was a necessary. It was a necessary process, though. I, I think I, I think the Moneyball thing was a necessary process because I like it. We didn't have the money to be thrown around wasting on players at the time. No, but we didn't and have the to, was, we didn't have the we didn't have the structure either, Shani, because like exactly we've all said we've all said at the start, right? We've all said at the start that we didn't know anything about them. So you're kind of looking to see when they come in, what are they going to do? And what did he do? Torres wants to go. They, they throw thirty five million at Andy Carroll, right? They have to fucking. Uh, abduct them in Newcastle and get them in a helicopter to try again to Liverpool, right? And they get stung on that. And you're kind of thinking, oh, fucking hell, like, that's one of their forced acts and look what's gone on, you know what I mean? They, they, they That leash comes in and, and they, they spend that money on downing on Adam. Henderson is still here, he's lifted every trophy there's, there's been. But they're kind of stung. And then you see, you're, you're kind of in this thing where you're kind of going, I don't know what these are going to do. You know, you don't really know because one of the big things when they come in was under under um, under promise and overperform and stuff like that. They've had all these mad sayings, you know, that sort of way. But that's that's um, that, that's kind of to be expected. But they get stung early on and you're, you're kind of waiting to see what happens. I, I think a big thing for that whole money ball thing was is that, yeah, we probably don't have the money to put in, but where we are off the pitch commercially, is killing them as well. So they're probably looking at it going, if we bring in four or five players of this age, at this price, and four of them really work, and we get a couple of years out of them, commercially, we'll work in the background. And then if these players have to be moved on for an amount of money, grand, I think Coutinho's one of them. But it turns out Coutinho, because they keep building commercially, Coutinho ends up staying, and then decides himself he wants to be out. You know, that sort of way. Um, but, like... <laughs> The biggest challenge for them, I thought, the biggest challenge for them was commercially. 
as a club what they were going to do and where they were going to get to because I always say it Man United Man United in the early 90s looked at this and went hold on we know what's coming down the road and they absolutely went for it and look what they got out of it they absolutely went for it Liverpool Liverpool up until 2016 were sitting in a stadium that had the same attendance right the same attendance in the stadium that I had in in, when all Stadiums came in in 1994 you know what I mean so commercially commercially it was it was was the big thing for them and and they're an investment group so they're going to want to see what money's coming into the club before it goes out you know what i mean and look we're going to get on to it now in a minute they made some good calls they made some bad calls and all owners do that because none of them are perfect none of them are perfect i think Dave, i think it's a good point you make regarding sorry Ola, sorry Ola says this is painful the defense of fsg we haven't well, defended Gav, we've just don't, we're don't, just don't, talking about what's happened in the 10 the years chat. ago Go on, anyway. Don't mind the chat. Like, he, he, when they come in, Adidas couldn't get rid of us quick enough. That was the state we were in. Adidas were like, we're not fucking sponsoring you anymore. We're not giving you that money. We ended up a warrior. I remember literally when we got warrior jerseys, I remember getting slagged in school. <laughs> we couldn't have to play. Down, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, yeah, literally, yeah, yeah, sponsor boy, and no offense to anyone that wears. Jonathan and Gav will definitely be be uh, like in the now with this book. So we were sponsored by pennies. I was yeah. getting fucking slagged everywhere. We got warrior. <laughs> so you kind of think to where we are there to now, like that's the commercial side you need to think about. And we, we had a little war before. The thing that wrecks my head about, like I couldn't give a bollocks about FSG for or against really. To be honest with you, I really couldn't. But the thing that annoys me is when you see this debate, it's always like extreme positive or extreme negative. There's no sort of correlation between the two. To go, well, they done this and they done this and they done this and they done this and they, like you kind of have to look at both sides. And this is a weird one for me because I actually see myself agreeing with both sides of the argument at times, and we'll get into that because. Like whatever your man's name is saying, this is painful. Like you're not gonna get a defence at FSG from me. You're gonna get my outlook, and I don't think you're gonna get a defence from Gab or Jonathan. To be honest with you, my outlook is when you look at what they've done since they come into the club, they've literally grown us in every aspect, off the field, on the field, commercial. The infrastructure at the club, training ground, the, the the new three D prints come out of the stadium today, and people can say, "I oh, don't give a bollocks about that stuff." But if you care about the team, you do because this is going to be to our benefit in the years coming. But on the other hand, I would be worried about FSG's current model, sustainability in terms of. Will we win leagues down the line with this? And to be honest with you, I think it, it like you'd be right to question it because you can't get lost in this. People, the FSG is a low-hanging fruit, but you need to realise what they're up against, who they're up against, and where they've come from, and exactly what they're dealing with. And yeah, that's why like I'm a bit like you, Sean. Like conflicted at times. Like you're on about the stadium. And I remember we were talking on Twitter, I'm a little argument on Twitter, and I was saying, I don't care about the stadium, I care about investing in the team. 
But at the same time, the stadium obviously in the future will lead to more investment in the team because it brings in more revenue. Yeah. You're kind of conflicted there. You're like, bloody hell, I, I want them to spend the team. I don't care about a new stand. But at the same yeah, time, yeah. a new stand brings in that's more because money. Some, that's because sometimes it comes across, and this is what I think, I think it comes across sometimes as, well, hold on, we need A, B and C, but we're building a new fucking stand. Could we not get A, B and C and then do the stand? <laughs> you know, I think that's the way it comes across at times because, you know, and, and that's where people get conflicted, Jonathan. I think, oh, personally, that's what I think. Because you do look at it and go, 80 million quid on that stand, like we need a no midfielder, you know? Like, I'd never tell anyone how to support a football club, but I think I can understand people's frustrations. Like, people go on, where's the, like, we got, they got X amount off red board, why didn't they put into the squad, it wouldn't hurt them. I absolutely get that. But, like, you need to realise, like, some things aren't opinions. Like, some things are a matter of fact. One thing I will say is, and I do, it is, it does seem like we penny pinch. I won't lie, all right? Are we are we taking over Matt's think, fucking strategy here? No, you're really just kind of no, following no, along. Like okay, man, it's cool. like Shawnee has my notes in front of him. No, Matt, <laughs> no, Matt if you want to rumble it, like, but I'm just saying, like, I think we we may as well just fucking get into it because like, you need to look at it right. In a world where rule exists, where these rules exist, and you need to understand, right? FSG are playing by the rules, all right? They've 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 molded this club and what they want to be with the idea that these rules by the governing bodies that were supposed to be put in place will exist and protect them. And they haven't, all right? So basically, from the off, they're fucked because they're literally, they're up against these juggernauts who have literally, like Klopp said, the ability to spend whatever and not feel it. Because the rules in, originally in place to protect them aren't there, all right? That's not an opinion. That's just a fucking fact. FFP fucked them up. That's why when you look at, they wanted to go to a Super League where some governing body around could say, look, this is the way it's going to be and we're going to fucking protect them. If you look at the goods of those Super League, who was making it up? It was the American owners. They are trying to Americanize the sport, so to speak. That's what they're going to do. This is the future. This is what it looks like. I'm sorry to tell you. It, like, it's not the 90s anymore. It's not the OOs anymore. The same people who are moaning about Skydales in the 90s when United ran away with everything, they left us in that fucking dust. If these things were to go ahead, we had to be involved. It's the only way they can literally compete. And that's why I think people are frustrated because we're up against the likes of Man City who can just throw money around and they say, we can't be like that. It's not possible. It's impossible. If you look at the look at the books, this is not this is not opinion. Look at the fucking books that are released every year. Go on to Mount Chatra's fucking Twitter. He breaks it down. It's, he does it for dummies. He does it for people like me. Alright? Every nearly every fucking quid that comes into this club is put back into it. You're moaning about the club having no ambition and all. Why is Van Dijk signing five-year deals? Why is Salah five signing five-year deals? You obviously don't remember. You mustn't be of age. Every star player broke my fucking heart until I was 13, 14, 15 because they just left. Because we weren't competing. We weren't anywhere near them. We couldn't pay them. 
These are doing it now. They're paying the money to keep the best players in the world at the club. But because it's not going out in transfers, people are up in fucking arms going, look at the net spend. For, for, for starters, net spend is a complete fallacy. If net spend was the only expenditure in a football club, we'd be fucking dandy. But it's not. Clubs have to pay bills. Bills in terms of wages. You look at, fuck it, Nottingham Forest spent more money than us in the summer. Mo Salah probably earns more than the fucking whole Forest squad put together. So you, like, people don't strike that these thing in. The thing is, we're up against cheats, Gab. And it's made FSG look worse than they are. And you can go on about FSG. I'll finish on this point by now. The point I make now is, I think the anger this, this season is completely misdirected. I'd blame two people. Fucking Julian Ward and Jurgen Klopp. I totally at fault for what's gone wrong this season, in my opinion. Because unless you're calling Klopp a lawyer or a shield for FSG, he was the come one coming out saying, we don't need midfielders, we don't need this, we don't need that. And then in the fucking last day of the week, last day of the window, we're going in and look at the sign, Arta. That's not a fucking FSG thing, let me tell you. That's a Jürgen Klopp thing. And I think that really came back to bite us. Is that saying I want Klopp out or I want them sacked? I said, no, it just means he's not completely unfollowable. He is to blame. So you need to look. So People are turning around going, Saka is being up at 200k a week. All of these clubs are spending money to get to where we are. That's what, you, that's what you're missing. <coughs> well, I think you wanted to talk about the mistakes you made, Matt. Did you? Yes. Uh, I mean, first, I'm going to hit uh, Meme Create, hit us up with a uh, 70s czar super chat that I don't want to forget about. It says, Day Tripper Lads got John on the show quicker than FSG took on Moe's contract with those eye emoji. Great this, lads. Different opinions, proper discourse on a great platform the way the world should be. So uh, thanks for that, Meme Create, for the super chat. Don't forget to hit the like button, everybody. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't. Uh, just to finish off, like the way they built the team, 2010, our revenue, 225 million euros. Ten years later, 604 million euros. Almost tripling the revenue of the club. In that time, they've added 8,000 seats in the main stand have already been added. There's another 7,000 going up in the Annie Road stand. The new training center, the new club store, all these things that are going along with it. So from the infrastructure side of things, they've definitely been spending on the club, but it's not been without its missteps. 2016, 77-pound ticket walkout. 2020, during COVID, they tried to furlough the staff. Uh, 2019, they tried to trademark the word Liverpool. Uh, and then, of course, 2021, we had that wonderful 72 hours of the European Super League. So, I mean, Gab, they, they have had some missteps along the way like they certainly nobody can be defending uh fsg as being perfect owners can they no no owner is perfect you know the 77 pound ticket was ridiculous and Klopp at the, even at the time turned around and said it was ridiculous you know and i, I always think but i was watching um guardiola the other day being interviewed and about somebody asked him about the chance from the man city fans at anfield he went oh well if that happened uh, i I'm, I'm sorry and i'm like Mm, you know what happened just come out and say it. and I always think back to the 77 pound ticket thing because Klopp sits in a press conference and goes yeah I completely understand where the fans are coming from you know and he just says it out there the fallout of the staff was yeah it's another bad move and, and you know what there is times where I don't know if they have their finger on the pulse with the fan base at times um, all the time 
or, or fully at a hundred percent, but there is times where they completely take their eye off the ball. Like the, the four of the staff trying to trying to um trying to copyright the name LFC or Liverpool and, and stuff like that was like what the f- what are you going on about? Because if they'd have been successful, anything with Liverpool written on our Liverpool FC or LFC, like you you just couldn't do like we couldn't have that lawyer board on screen did you see you know what i mean if the you know like you couldn't have lfc in the name of your it was mad madness um and the super league stuff was just i was just beside myself with fucking anger over the super league because i'm not not just at fsg there was loads of clubs went into it but my my whole thing about it was that my feeling on the on the super league and it's probably changed a little bit because uefa have just followed the same model really but my my whole thing about it was that how can you just be in a competition without qualifying for it and then turn around and play league games every week? Like the league would mean nothing. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely nothing. And I got, I got so fucking annoyed about that because I was like, first of all, they've just gone out and they've just decided that they're doing it. Now I, I get what Sean is saying with regards to, well, you don't want to be left behind. Correct. But FSG should have looked at it and said, they should have shown some trust in Liverpool's fan base where they went, listen, they're a very knowledgeable fan base. Can we not go to whatever supporters groups or whatever it might be and put it out there? You know, but it all seemed to be doing very cloak and dagger. And it was cloak and dagger because they all just made this statement one, I think it was one Sunday night we were doing a show. And it was like, oh, we're, we're going to Super League. And we were like, what the fuck is going on? So um, it was one of those things. And you know what happened, you know, after that, you know, um, there was uproar. But they done that completely and utterly wrong. So, you know, if if, if people ever turn to me and say, if people ever turn to me and say, oh, you know, um, they're not perfect, they're this, I go, no, they're, they're genuinely not perfect. And I've no doubt that as a fan, I'll probably look at FSG and within the next six months ago, they've made the wrong decision there, or they do this wrong, or they do that wrong, because they're never going to get everything right. But some of the things they've got wrong have been, like, huge, like huge things. Do you know what I mean? Um, but they're still here. Um the amount of times they get things wrong seems to lessen as things go on and they seem to learn but I think they won't get many things wrong if they trust the fan base if they listen to the fan base and, and they've put a thing in place now where you know fans have a, a not a seat, so much a seat on the board but a, a direct route to the board which which can only be good if you if you listen to Spirit of Shankly and stuff like that so that's a positive step because it, it kind of insulates the fan base and, and protects the fan base in a, in a and what I mean by that is that they'll they'll know about it before it's just sprung on them at eleven o'clock on a Sunday night that we're going into this um you know, this mad league. Ali says the super league is still going on. Um it probably will happen, but it's, it won't happen before. League, what? It's on the way. Oh no, it's I don't I don't doubt it might be on the way, but I, I'm I'm hoping that if it, it is on the way again, that FSG with what they've put in place and put under pressure, let's be honest. Like I don't think the People give an awful lot of credit to FSG for, oh, look what they've done and let the fans in here. Yeah, you can give them a certain amount of credit because they've done that. But let's be honest, the reason that this uh, supporters' representatives have an official place within the club now is because those supporters' representatives pushed it and pushed it and pushed it and not shamed them into it, but more or less went, well, look, if you're, if you're going to make these mistakes, would you not do it? Well, we're here to, to protect you a little bit. And FSG, in the end, took the bait and, and that's where we are at the minute. It seems like a lot of it is, I mean, at the end of the day, when I've been thinking about this, you know, it's the who, what, when, where, 
there's the question of why. And these guys own this team to make money. Yeah, there was a comment earlier that said FSG cares more about the Red Sox than they do about Liverpool. And I think it's both correct and incorrect. Without a question, these guys are baseball fans. Like, these guys love baseball and they love the Boston Red Sox. But there's way more money to be made for Liverpool. Like, there's some emails that came out from when they were trying to buy the team. And they're like, if we can get it for $300 million, it's an absolute steal. And the growth here is unbelievable because the best minds aren't working in English soccer. And they're talking about things like fans can't watch every game. Internationally, they're talking about because they don't really – like the market in England was so saturated that you couldn't grow that much. But the, the potential for growth internationally with football is unbelievable. It's totally unrivaled to any other sport, really. And they've got – we've got to the point now where I'm an international fan. I got. I watched 63 games last year, live streaming on the internet. Like they are doing their things by putting the best minds into place. Like Billy Hogan went from chief commercial operator. Now he's, I think, CEO of the team. But it shot our revenues way up through the roof. But like to me and Jonathan, I'll come to you on this one. The the big question when it comes to gauging the success or failure of the ownership vis a vis the team on the field is where is that line drawn? Like where where do you put the this is ownership's fault and this is Klopp or Michael Edwards or Julian Ward's fault when it comes to you know transfer windows. I think the decline, like this, sounds really strange. Um, the decline, decline is not the right word, but the summer of twenty nineteen when we won the Champions League and we all know what summer window we had that year: Adrian, Harvey Elias, and Seth Van der Berg. I think the rot started to set in then. Now that sounds mental because I know we won the league the year after. And we subsequently nearly won a quadruple last year. But we're suddenly in a, a situation now where we probably need four midfielders and another attacker and maybe a massive upgrade with age. So we've got the situation now where we possibly need six players. And that's that's unforgivable for a club of Liverpool size, to be honest. And we've got the situation where we're now treading water in this season, really trying to get to January and try to get in a couple of players. Like... Every time I watch us play at the minute now, I think, oh God, I think we need another player. I think we need a player in out wide. I think we need more pace out wide. Diaz is the only fellow with pace out wide. Going to midfield. I actually think we need four midfielders. Like if you look at Fabinho and Henderson, they're running in three. Then I go back to the back line and I think Matip was pushing on. Do we need a Matip upgrade soon? So like they'd be negligent towards the team in terms of investments in the team. Off the field, yes, we've, we've invested loads in infrastructure and, and like that can't be denied, but squad investment in the last, I suppose since 2019, has been paltry. I think... Um, I agree. I, I When we won the Champions League in 2019 and, and the same in, in 2020, we, we or the Champions League, yeah, and then we win the league in 2020. We, we signed Jota, we signed uh, Thiago, didn't we? Yeah, um, what was there another one? Vandenberg. Yeah. Um, but so I agree with you. Thiago, and then we left. We left ourselves short to centre back that window. Yeah, yeah. But but the thing is, like, I'm always of the opinion, and I've said that loads on this show. So, um, you you strengthen from a position of strength, right? And so it means you're not chasing your tail. So when Liverpool in 2000, and I know where Jonathan's coming from. Oh, that sounds absolutely mental because we win the league the next season, right? But, you know, I think we had a brilliant squad in 2018-19, okay? We had the same squad 
in 2019-20 that just went, no, we're not having this 97 points beyond one of the we're not having this, we go out and we do 99 points. But, you know, and that's that's absolutely brilliant and that's all what we all wanted and, and who gives a fuck about the owners when you've won the league? Like, let's be honest about it. Like, oh, when we won the league, I didn't give, I didn't go, oh, FSG, I just went, we won the league, let's all get fucking locked, right? That's, that's the way it is and it sh- probably should be as a football fan. But I get where Jonathan's coming from because, you know, one player, two players in that summer. No problem going and getting Van der Berg and getting Elliot and Adrian was probably needed. But one player, two players, where you start, where, where I'm not asking them to come in and go, these are nailed on players this season. I'm asking for people to come in and go, he could take his place in six months and he could play take his place in six months and look at this and look at that. And we, we now that we rested on our laurels, that's where the club loyalty thing comes in for me. That's where there's a bit of, there's a bit of truth in the whole club loyalty thing because he did. He went, no, look, you've been brilliant, won a Champions League. You're a point off a league with 97 points, which was madness. We're going to have another go. But we lost, I think, he's right, I think we lost a bit of track of where we wanted to be another year down the line. And then, of course, COVID comes. In March, uh, was it what was it twenty one March? When, when does COVID come in? 20, yeah. 20, March, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, yeah, cross. It was yeah, um, and that comes in, and then clubs are losing money all over the shop, and Liverpool struggle, and forget everyone else, but Liverpool struggle because Liverpool are a self-sustaining entity. You know, they don't go and throw. There's not a hundred million out of if we're stuck. You know what I mean? Like everyone's losing money, so that's gonna put it. That's gonna hurt you when it comes to what you're gonna invest further on down the line. You know the sort of way, um. And I think when it comes to the, where the squad is now, I think we've been, I think we've been a bit loyal, which which is fine at times. I think we've we've been hurt with COVID. I think we and, have I think we, no, but I think, but I think, Shani, I think, I think COVID comes in we and, and it lines up. But hold on, Shani, the COVID comes in and it lines up then with the night deal, right? And the night deal and everything's going to be this standard, and then nothing's fucking happening. And you kind of go, okay, Grant. You know they're self-sustaining entities. You so can't actually, say nothing's happening uh, because no. What I mean, what I mean is that it affects it, the way. Like again, you get into it. It's it's not just transfers. No, no, no. I'm not, no what I'm saying is the ability. And this is not an excuse. It just is. No, I know this, Sean. And, but and what the, I'm saying, what I'm saying is the key players around the ability to act normally and go on is affected everyone in COVID. Right? It affects them. What? But what I mean yeah. is there that. The, the, the bit of loyalty there in 2019, as Jonathan speaks about, fine. COVID, fine. But then, for me, what happens is we we stand still. In my opinion, we stand still. We make a couple of signings, don't get yeah, me wrong. We stand still too much because Jonathan's right. It's not, a, it's not opinion on players that means you need four players in, in midfield. It's not opinion. It's fact. Naby Keita, Naby Keita, Oxlade-Chamberlain are both out of contract. Milner's 37 years of age. So, whether you like them or don't like them, come the end of the season, fact is, if you don't yeah, sign yeah, them players to deals, which you probably shouldn't, they, yeah, you're going to need three. Just going to need three. Okay, and that's where, where you're suffering. But this is where it comes into it. Like, like this is, like, I'm just, as an example, right? Jack Grealish hasn't pulled up trees at Man City. Doesn't have to start, all right? 100 million, they can leave him on the bench. Comes Probably comes out at 10 minutes last night. City get Mardes out, out the door for 30 million and he could probably just go and spend 90 million on the, this lad from Napoli, uh, Brad Shelley, like that. Like it's nothing, okay? We can't do that. We have 85 million euros worth of midfielder in Oxlade-Chamberlain and Navi Keita. 
rotten the gaffer. They can't play enough games of football to be even in the shop window for long enough that we could fucking move them on. And then we're in a position where Chamberlain's probably on 160, 180 grand a week with a year left on his deal. He's not going to fucking take a transfer fee because he knows quite well. I'll go for free next summer and get a big signing on of West Ham or wherever I choose to go. And even if we do want to fucking sell him, the fella's hamstring comes off the bone in pre-season. All right? So we cannot... We couldn't just fucking do that and get rid of it and just leave the likes of a Kate and an Oxlade Chamberlain out and not feel it, right? People are turning around saying, look at Villa and Arsenal. Air wage bill doubles both of them, G10. Doubles both of them. So if you're telling me Arsenal and Aston Villa are paying out 310 million a year that they're outspending Liverpool to a pound in the transfer window, they're just fucking not. It's not FIFA. Look into it. I'm not making it up. Stop making smart decisions. Oh, Jonathan, there you fucking go. You nailed it, all right? So you look at this window. We'll we'll come straight to the present day. We'll cut out with everything else. You look at this window, right? Liverpool, we know this now because he's he's come out and said this, all right? Klopp has come out and said this. We wanted a midfielder in the summer. He signed for someone else. We all know who that fucking elephant in the room was. It's Chilman, all right? You're talking probably a deal... But 40, 50 million would have got done and would have got you him, all right? How can you blame FSG if that deal was literally in the pipeline? It was. I'm telling you now it was. It was done mm. until Mbappe decided to stay at PSG and Florentino Perez had a fucking chunk of change born in, born in a hole in his pocket and took him. Literally went and paid 100 million for him, okay? So that's a player taking away from us, okay? You can't blame FSG for that. You have to look at Julian Ward and Jurgen Klopp and how between the time that too many wasn't obtained, there wasn't another there wasn't another player named and signed. Okay? So this is where the right player at right time comes in. And look Johnny, I, I, I'm just gonna interrupt agree. you here because I, I think that, we covered this before. I what does this have to do? How is this the owner's fault? This is an FSG chat. This sounds exactly. like this, this sounds like a Julian Ward and Jurgen Klopp problem. So are yes. we are we thinking exactly. then that FS would you guys think that FSG needs to be more ruthless in That's the word. changing up the people that are running their organization? Yeah. No, like Jonathan, it, Jonathan, it asked, oh, Jonathan asked a question there. there. Jonathan asked a question there. He said, Have we stopped making smart decisions? Right? I don't know, yes. but I think we've stopped making ruthless decisions. Right? And what I mean by that is last summer, last summer we should have been ruthless and told Oxley Chamberlain, you're not coming on tour with us. Because I'm not putting you on a pitch to get injured and we can't sell you. And we probably needed to make some decisions last summer, which was to our detriment financially. Where we go, nominal fee for Oxlade Chamberlain, we know he's on a fortune and he has to go. And we need to go and replace him. And that's ruthlessness. That is being ruthless. That's just going enough's enough. Some people love Naby Keita. Some people don't love Naby Keita. Some in the chat are saying they think he get a deal. Some feel he won't. But... Naby Keita, for the amount of money we've spent on him, is not on the pitch enough for Liverpool Football Club. When he's on it, I think he's good, but he's not on it enough. So if that's the case, you turn to Naby Keita and go, he's a year left, we're taking 20 million for him. I don't know, put a number on it. We're taking 20 and we're going to have to spend 50, right? So it's going to cost us 60, 70 million this summer to sort this midfield in, right? 
and to our detriment financially, we're going to have to make that this decision. Summer, this summer, well, well, No, no, what I'm saying is to, it's to see... It's a million in this, January. That's yeah, I know, I know that. But what I'm saying is they could have got X amount in, spent another 70 million on top, right? And said, we're going to sort this midfield. Right, it'll be to our detriment financially, but we will see the benefits in the next 12, 18 months to two years as part of what his Klopp wants to do in his final four years at the club. You know what I mean? Now, having said that, look, and I said it last week, we there, don't know yeah. who's made, we don't know there's been there's been mixed stuff on is it a recruitment, is it the is it the manager, is it the owner? And at the end I'm of the day, when everything's now, good, Billy when everything's Holden. good, Shawnee, when everything's good, people go, aren't we all fucking great? And when it's not bad, we always have to pick yeah. on one thing. And that's where I think it gets clouded because I don't really know who to blame on this midfield. Thing. We'll know in general. I'd say if, I'd say, we'll I'd say if John, John Henry seen Fabio Carvalho walking in a coffee shop, he wouldn't know who he was. So I think he, and that's the truth. And that's not a slight on John Henry. He is that rich. They employ people to worry about these things. But like what Matt said there, like, do you think that Liverpool, FSG, for example, Billy Hogan, right? We're going to talk about Billy Hogan, right? Say Billy Hogan went there. Julian Ward, there's 50 million to go and sign that Chilman many fella. He's gone to Madrid. Yeah, well, they're not getting that 50 million now. It, it doesn't work like that. <coughs> it, I think we know. And I, I think, Jonathan, know what you Henry said, 2019, we've, we've been a window behind since 2019. We've been a window behind since 2019. And then the flip side of it is, if you're being completely fucking honest and not lying to yourself, what does spending even guarantee? Yeah, I, I get the whole thing about what what, what, what does spending well, guarantee, no, but it's not well, about the spending for me. Guarantees success. It doesn't really though. It like if you look back at the summer of twenty eighteen, we went big. We, we went. We were two. We were two. We were probably two bounces of a ball and two separate yeah. games away last year from winning a quadruple. We were equally as close as losing two penalty shootouts to winning nothing. Nothing. That's the margins. I yeah, think that's the margins. So you can't say one midfielder would have made the difference. But to your to, to your point, Jonathan, I feel since 2019, we've been a window behind. I don't think anyone can dispute that. Yeah. We've been a window behind. And whoever you want to put the that whoever we want to put pipe the blame onto that, I don't know who you blame, but I think that's where the recruitment um, was. Them, everyone was losing. Everyone was losing that shit about Michael Edwards possibly taking the job somewhere else. I think his role was completely understated. I think there's probably six, seven, eight people doing that job in the club. So I really feel people who are on the fence, who I put my hand up and say I'm probably on the fence with FSG. This January window and the summer window is going to be huge for them because. We're all, everyone in this chat, I'd like to think. If there's not a midfielder, I'd like to think that. Go ahead, John. If anyone had one midfielder walk in the door on the first week of January, the fault will lie at FSG. It would say to me that the money's not there. The first week of January, we should have minimum one player in the window. By the second week of January, we should have a second player in. We need to sign two players in January. If we don't sign two players in January, we're not getting top four. And there's no guarantee we get top four anyway if we but, sign two players. Yeah, but I agree with you in that sense. Yeah. I, 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 agree with you. I agree with you as well, right, that we need players in. And, you know, what does spending guarantee? 
not guarantees, but it helps, right? But the thing is, like, it's not even Absolutely. the spending for me. It's 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 the identifying of where the issues are and where they're going to be that we've stopped doing. You know, like like the the whole like the midfield is the big chat, right? It always is, right? But like, it's not like we've no evidence here that. Oxley Chamberlain can't stay fit. And I'm not holding that against the fella. He gets an awful injury in 2017 and 18 when he's flying for Liverpool and he just doesn't come back. Niggling injuries here, there, and everywhere. He just doesn't play. Kate is the same. Henderson's 32. Thiago has a year left in his deal, someone says there after this season. Fabinho looks like he's bollocksed. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, Fabinho at times at his peak looked like he was bollocksed when it came to, you know, coming back off international duty or coming back from an injury. And might be just a little period for him where, okay, but Henderson's 32. Milner's 37. So you have to start looking and saying to yourself, Henderson goes into the Milner role within the squad. What happens, Ox? What happens, Kate? The Jones, you know, very stop start. So it's not like we. It's not like these things have just jumped at us. We know what age James Milner is. We know what age Jordan Henderson is. We know how many miles he has in the legs. So there's. Yeah, loads- I think Henderson is part of the bad decision making. He had two years left to run these contracts, and we decide to give him an extra two years on improved wages. Mm. Like that's bad decision making. Like we could easily let him run down to a year to go look at him and say, where is he in terms of his. Physical side of his game, and you look at him. Yeah, in the same breath, in the same breath, then Jonathan, you're talking about needing four, but if Henderson's in that situation, you know, you need five. Then I you know. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it, it, it works that way, but I, do, I think, yeah. I think the next two windows are going to be, and people say huge. Owners aren't like players and managers. You can't just fucking get rid of them. They're not going to be. They're huge in the supporters' eyes. Because the one thing I think that gets kind of lost in the glaze is that winning Premier League titles and winning Champions League and FA Cups and whatever means way more to us than any owner that could possibly own this football club. It means to them. All right? And you need to just... You need to get your... Sadly, this is the way football is now. Like they look at top four as money. That's the money. That, that that's the objective, and that's the money. They don't view it from the same prism that we do. If we were to win the twenty eight league titles, it would mean ten times more was than FSG, and that's not a fucking slight on them. They're capitalists from America. The, the question is, who else do you want to own Liverpool? That, that's the big thing comes well, in. The the What's room? the alternative? Like, I, What's I the alternative? I, as I said to you, Matt, are, we allowed, are we allowed to speak about this now, Matt? <laughs> yeah, Sorry, it's, Matt. I was just gonna, I was just gonna tie it in. No, I'm, I'm having a great time just sitting back here and just gonna keep you guys all within the bounds. Well, Matt, you should chime in as well because, like, you think about. Oh, no, like, I was told I had to be neutral with no opinions on this whatsoever. <laughs> you don't that's have to be. Absolutely, don't. But you need to think, Roy. You need to look right. What what the what the, do you want? Do you want uh, they want sugar daddies, right? Can, can well, we all agree here? Everybody wants we everybody look. wants a benevolent dictator. No, I'll tell you what we do. I'll tell you what we do. I'll tell you what we do. I'll tell no hold on, I'll tell you what we do. I'll tell you what we do. No, but we'll start with Matt. We hold on, we'll start we with Matt and we go round the table. Honesty. Let's go round the table and right. let, and forget what other people want. Let's I think the biggest question here of the night, right? We can we can argue about what's gone before, right? And I think you can be right and wrong in the same answer, right? Because 
A, you could be right in what's happening, and B, you could be wrong because you don't actually know what the fuck's going on. You're just giving your opinion, i.e., who's to blame for not signing the midfielder? Is it Klopp, FSG, recruitment, fucking, you know, whatever. But let's go around the table then and ask ourselves, right, what what for FSG going forward? Can they compete? And if they can compete, how did they do it? And if they can't compete, what happens to the football club? Matt, I'll let you, you go first, Matt. We go Matt, Jonathan, Shawnee, I'll go last. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to tie it in with this uh, super chat we got from Kieran Thorne for five pounds. Thank you very much, Kieran. It says, I remember Shawnee talking ages ago about trying to unearth the next Bellingham earlier. We've spent massively on youth, but won't give them time to develop. And I, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sense in that because like you're bemoaning the lack of transfer activity after we won the Champions League, but we bought Harvey Elliott that summer. That's literally the type of purchase that we want to see our club making is buying a kid that in five years you look at and go, shit, he'd be 60, 70 million pounds. So we have been doing that work. They just let it get stretched out a bit too much, and we've been absolutely owned by injuries. And I think the the worst thing that's happened to the club off the field, the worst thing that happened is the collapse of FFP. That absolutely yes. took yes. the knees out of FSG's entire idea for ownership and to me, 100%. if FFP is enforced and is an actual rule that all the teams have to play by and abide by, I don't know how much FSG are interested in going into the Super League. Because it's about being able to maintain spending and see your revenue grow at a certain amount and things like that. And as soon as FFP gets thrown out the window, they look at it and they go, we can't compete. And if you can't compete, you run the risk of falling out of the Champions League spots. And when you fall out of the Champions League spots, the floor drops out of your revenue and the model becomes unsustainable. And that's why they get involved with that. It's the Americanization of it, yes. But there are some things in American sports that aren't that terrible. Salary caps aren't the worst thing in the world. They're just not. They just don't happen to have promotion and relegation, which is the best part about English sport. It is the best. I wish the NFL and the NHL had promotion relegation. It adds so much more jeopardy to it. And I think on the field, the thing that's absolutely sewered FSG the most is that our fourth highest ever transfer has been a fucking dud. And it's Navicata. Because we can't afford, we don't have the excess transfer budget revenue to throw 50 million after 50 million after 50 million chasing a good fullback like Manchester City or Manchester United can do. We we couldn't absorb that. The team thought they had their guy. He was supposed to be the guy that was going to be that center of the midfield. He should be the anchor of our midfield right now. It should be Naby Keita and Fabinho and one other in a 4-3-3, and he's a dud. I really wanted him to work out, and it's just not going to. And so it's time to cut and run. And I don't blame FSG for not throwing good money after bad or bad money after good, however that saying goes, of seeing $50 million on Naby Keita didn't work. Well, let's go stump another $50 million next summer on pick your midfielder because it's a coin flip or worse than a coin flip. And then they just the situation gets worse and worse and worse. And in a sport where one poor year can have a massive effect on your revenue for that year, and then that compounds itself and you find yourself leadsing or Aston Villaing down the table, that's terrifying to these guys. You know, they're here to make billions of dollars. So, like, I just don't know. To me, I've never seen an instance where 
Jurgen Klopp has come out and said, I want to buy players, but I don't have the money. And to me, that's where the line is drawn, is that there's never a solution that FSG aren't willing to back them. Because if you look, Virgil van Dijk, most expensive defender ever, most expensive goalkeeper ever. Darwin Nunes is apparently the most expensive transfer ever if you put enough asterisks behind his name. They are willing to spend the money, but the fault seems like it's lying with the director of football and Jurgen Klopp, and they are sacred cows. And they, <clears throat> to me, I won't say anything bad about Jurgen Klopp. I hope the club never fires him. I hope he leaves when he wants to, because to me, that's the spot he has in my heart to what he's done for this football club. So I find it a bit over the top for people that don't want to blame Jurgen Klopp or our much lauded recruitment and you know signing staff of Michael Edwards at all. People don't want to blame them because of all the plaudits that they've given them. So you just heap it all onto FSG. And I don't think mm. it's correct. These like I'm looking at some of the mad things in the chat, like they don't live in the real world. I'd say these are the type of people who say rest in peace to characters that die in EastEnders on Christmas Day, like writing up eulogies on Facebook about them. You don't live in the real world. Club the Mystic, you watch the show every week. You're telling me that Everton and Wolves outspend Liverpool. I swear to God, I will transfer every penny in my bank account to you if you could show me a single year where Everton's expenditure was higher than Liverpool's. I fucking promise you. You want us to spend like everything? They're in the shit, you mad thing. Are you looking what's going on there? Seriously. Seriously. Right. And that's, John, what that's what I'm trying to say to you. Matt nailed it. FFP is in place. FSG are perfect. But they're fucking not. FFP is not in place. So they're not perfect because you have fellas in Dubai who's literally sitting there with his feet up going, how much does Ireland have on the week? 900k? Not a bother. Give it to him. I don't give up, Alex. What can we do about that? Well, hold Nothing. on, Jonathan. Jonathan, where they are now, can they compete? And if they can't, what way do you think the club will go? Or what yeah. way would you like the club to go? Firstly, I don't agree with the fact that when we want a player, we can get um, that's been everything clear the last few years. Like we want I, to chew him I in don't think I don't think I said that, Jonathan. There's multiple moving yeah. parts in getting a player transfer. Oh, if a yeah, player prefers yeah. to go to Real Madrid, there's yeah. nothing you can do about we'll it. Never be big, we'll never be bigger than Real Madrid. No, we don't know. So where I sit with FSG is my biggest issue with FSG has always been like the custodians of this club, they'll move on eventually. Like if I bought a house in the morning, or if I bought a business in the morning, I would put I'd be expected to put some of my own money into it. And eventually, if I want to move that house on, flip it or sell the business, I can absorb that money in and when I get the profits back. I have a huge issue with FSG you now. They need to stump up money you now. If they can give us 200 million as a loan and they say in three or four years' time when they sell the club, absorb that money back into the, when, when they sell it, I think they have to do that. Right now, I don't see how we get out of the trouble we're in because we don't have a sellable asset unless there's going to be a sacrificial lamb or Eve Van Dyke or Salah. And even at that, is there anyone paying 100 million for either of the two of them now? I don't think so. Like, I'm always conflicted with the the oil money, the gas money, the stay at home money. Like, while I think, like, if we're winning European Cups and leagues and I'm down the pub and I'm buzzing winning all these things, do, do I really worry about where the money comes from? 
Like, I'm going to be brutally honest. Like, okay. if Bahrain or Kuwait or one of these countries came in and bought us, and we were winning Champions Leagues and leagues to beat the band, the decisions were unreal. I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, my God, where does this money come from? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. The decisions are unreal. And I, and I, do you know what? I'd be sitting beside you, Jonathan. Yeah. I'd be sitting beside you. Yeah. And so I, 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 I said this to Gav last night. Go on, John. I said the same I, thing to Gav last night. I think 90, 90% of supporters, if we were owned by, just say Kuwait, they just had to be a country with lots of oil. And I think Bahrain, they took us over in the morning. I think there might be a little bit of noise at the start. But we're suddenly buying X, Y, and Z players and we're top of the league and we're beating City to the title and not losing by a point to City, beating them by a point. I think most of that's forgotten about. I really do. I think most fans don't really care. Yeah, but then... And I get that, but... Can someone in here explain to me what appetite one of these potential owners would have to buy Liverpool? So this is the thing for me. This is the crux of it for me. What's so, the do you, so, Johnny, do right. you think we can compete? And if uh, same question, do you think we can compete? And if we can't, where do you see the club going? Do I think we, we can compete with FSG's current model? No, not no, because I think to, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I think when club goes, I think a lot could be left to be desired. Club is a unicorn, all right. And we need to remember who hired them. Okay, they hired them. So you can't hold that against FSG because they could have got a cheaper manager than Klopp. They could have got a cheaper alternative for people who are saying. They could have got a cheaper alternative to Darwin Nunes. They could have got a cheaper alternative to Van Dijk, Allison at the time. They could have went cheap so many times and they haven't really. When you look at us now, lads, being honest, right, the ground-ups in the room, you're, for example, you're the... You're a fucking a, a can in, in Saudi Arabia and you see the fella because it's all about status to them, all right? It's all about status to them. You're going, how much is your night it's going to cost? Well, the Glazers told your man, Ratcliffe, if you buy me with a consortium, I want 10 billion for the club. So, oh yeah, one off a sale. They're thinking, Liverpool, what's it going to cost? Five billion. How will the fans feel about us? I tell you what, it won't be like Newcastle and it won't be like Man City. I've seen a few people, Kev O'Sullivan said tonight, if we become a billionaire's play thing, I'm out. And I think with Liverpool more than any other club in the country, that would be the truth. I do really, I, I genuinely do. I know Jonathan is saying, if you're top of the league, you go away. I really, I, I genuinely do feel that a core of that support would be hit because it completely goes everything about against what Liverpool is about. And if you're a real Liverpool supporter, you understand that. I, I wouldn't be totally against Arab ownership or whatever, but I know it's completely unrealistic because, look, as rich as they are, we're not a good investment. They could literally buy United. They could be the ones who are in charge of bringing United back to the top. They would be tanked by United fans. They would be lauded by Manchester United fans. They might upset a few, but they would be lauded. And then the status thing for them was, uh, Man City were doing this, but we're at the point United and now we're doing it. And that's the conflict. 
there's you look there's so many other clubs around England now where you look at Newcastle the perfect example literally the perfect example another opportunistic grab but they would have taken and I, I don't mean to offend anybody saying this if you had a poor fucking Saddam Hussein Adolf Hitler and Mike Ashley in a boardroom saying pick one of them to be our owner Mike Ashley would have been picked last because they just wanted rid of the cunt they would have had anybody but him so, and they ended up that the richest club in the world now so they don't give a bollocks they were going on about zero hour contracts under Mike Ashley with the companies that he owns Sports Direct they don't give a bollocks anymore they're defending the beheadings of journalists we be doing the same but I'm telling you now lads I swear to God and I mean it from the bottom of my heart and you, you, you can tell me I'm lying but if, if you don't think I am then you obviously don't understand the club Saudi ownership would be completely rejected by the main core of Liverpool fans. And if they won anything, they'd get fuck all tanks. And I'll tell you who the first person would be to walk away from Liverpool if a fucking if they come in and walk. Jurgen Klopp would say, that's enough on me, lads. I'm gone. I'm out here. And that's a fact. And Jurgen Klopp is as good as anything that's happened to this club in the last 50 years. All right? People are turning around saying, what about a Todd Bowley consortium? I tell you what, tag this, mark it down. I'm telling you, in two or three years, they will be a fucking Barcelona job. Chelsea are a basket case at the moment, throwing fucking money around all over the place. All over the fucking place. Your man Bowley hasn't got a clue. He thinks he's managing fucking the LA Dodgers. He's not. He hasn't got a fucking clue. He hasn't a, a slightest idea. So what do you want? Do you want socios out in the club like Madrid? Never going to happen. There's not a fucking correlation of United and Liverpool fans that could get together, that could fucking put five million, five billion together to buy this club. Lads, we're asking for a fucking Jesus Christ figure unicorn with socialist values and unlimited money to come down from the sky to turn around and say, here's all the money you want. We never upset anybody. We love human rights. We love the fucking LGBTQ plus community. We don't behead journalists. We fucking love Liverpool and everything it's about. We're just going to give you unlimited money. They don't exist. They do not fucking exist. Where would you like to go, Sean? Pick your poison. I tell you what, if I'm being totally honest, Jonathan, if this Super League doesn't come in and there's no laws to protect FFP, from football and finances actually having fucking rules, I would sit back and I'm being a hypocrite. I would take a, a, a Saudi on state. But I tell you what, they just won't buy us. There's no value yeah. in Liverpool. What I want, what I want and reality are two different fucking things. Do you get what I'm saying? It, it, yeah. What do I want? I want fucking Mila Kunis and Megan Fox to come in here and start pouring points for me in the gaff. Right. Well, we must sit inside watching fucking MasterChef and saying nothing. That's not reality. <laughs> so you need, to, you need to think. Like, well, you, you, honestly, yeah. you can't like think. This is what I'm trying to say. There's no, like, well, literally, you're living on a fucking prayer completely because no matter what you want, it's not going to work. Because the rules aren't there to protect FSG. The values of the club aren't there to allow 
a Saudi owner, and we're not actually down in the doldrums where they can come in and just buy mm. us for a pretty penny. They'd get no, they'd get the Saudis and these people. You look at the UFC the weekend. They're all about fucking status. Live golf. We want the best players only playing in their league. We're going to pay them all the money. And the fans will thank us here because where else are you going to get this? If they bought Live Golf, Gav they won't have a bad say, word said about Live Golf. Live Gav Gav loves right. Live Golf. They would literally get, they would get 40, 50% of the. I say I've read the room a bit wrong with my 90% um, statement. I'd say a lot of people wouldn't be happy with oil money. I just, um, I say it's desperation because for so long we were the butt of everyone's joke, Liverpool, what a, like a joke figure, all your mates ribbing you. Then we got a taste of success and I bloody loved the success and I loved rubbing into everyone else and being cock of the walk. And now that success looks like it's been taken away. And I suppose I'm probably a little bit desperate by saying, oh, geez, like maybe I, I might but take. But, but that success, but, but the way I see it is that success, okay, we're, we're three months into a season that hasn't gone well, right? And we have issues um, on the pitch, it's certainly, right? But that, that, that's been taken away for a number of reasons. You know, like, let, let, me, let, me, put, let me put it this way. For the model that FSG have, they've been exceptional at it. There's no argument. They're exceptional at what they do for their model, right? If they came in today or 10 years ago and said, we're going to sell all our best players for loads of money and spend 5% of that on players and fuck it, it would, they would be appalling at that because they spend fucking way too much, right? I think they're brilliant at what they do for their model. Right, their model is to self-sustain. Everything we earn goes back into the club, and people will argue, "Oh no, they took the." the listen, go and look at the accounts. The, everything that comes in goes out. Right? Is it enough? That's the question. Are we making enough money? Yes, because we are miles behind clubs ten years ago, like fucking different stratospheres. And now every year when it comes up, it's like, "Oh, I think Liverpool might actually top United for for revenue this year," which is. Fucking mad when you think of 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Um, the other side of it is FSG, for me, get criticised because you're looking at what's going on in Manchester and soon to be in Newcastle. Because, let's be honest about it, right? They can't compete realistically against what's there because what they're doing is they are making up sponsors, making up revenue, and wherever they need to pump in to buy, 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 they are able to do it because they're, we're not protected by the financial fair play. Having said that, Liverpool have put themselves in a position over the last 12 to 18 months, certainly, where we're able to compete if we do things right, but I think they've taken their eye off the ball and they've left themselves a massive hole now. A massive hole because yeah. your model, if you continue to do it properly and you're fucking so focused on it that you do it properly, you will compete, right? You will compete. We've seen Liverpool compete, right? We've seen it with our own eyes. No matter how much anyone else has spent or whatever players they brought in, Liverpool have been right up there. Yeah, they've won one league title. They've been beaten very closely to another two, but that's that's competition. You can't just you can't just turn and go. Well, we haven't competed because we've only won one. Well, we have competed because if we didn't compete, they would have ran away with the league, right? But that's what you're up against. But what they've done for me, right, is 
they have left themselves a massive hole. FSG, Jurgen Klopp, whoever is responsible in that club for the good times are responsible as a unit in the bad times. That's just how I feel about it. You know, look, if, if me and Sean are out fucking digging the garden and we dig a garden really well, we go, we've done a great job there, didn't we? Right, but if the garden isn't done properly, someone's going to come and go. Well, who didn't do the garden properly? And you're going to fucking point each other. Going, well, I don't know what I was meant to do. So, good times, it's a unit. Bad times, it's break it all up and fucking shout at someone. And who who can we shout at the most? You you probably have your right to shout at FSG. You probably have your right to shout at Klopp, fucking uh, Michael Edwards, whoever else. You you've every right to if you want, right? But they've left itself a massive hole. Now, the problem they have now is is that the model they have. They have not got the time to fix this over a period of time because they'll be left behind. That's just how cutthroat it is with what's around them. They haven't got the time. They have to, oh, as okay. I said earlier, they, they have they to, to their detriment. They, they have to, Sean, yeah. they have to, to their detriment, they financially, they have to invest. Europe, but where, no, hold on, I'll this, answer the question. This where new Champions League, this new Champions League won't matter what they do. No, I understand that. But what I'm saying Richard's is, the, get themselves that legacy position coming. Not yeah, next but, year, the year again. after. And boys, this is what I'm saying. It won't fucking matter what they do because it, they don't view football through the same prism as us. Everyone going mad in the chat. I could rattle off names: G. and fucking Sean P. Casey. I get your frustrations. I understand them. But we live in the real world, lads. You need to fucking think about it with rationale. They don't view football. It doesn't mean as much to them as it means to us. That's just a fact. Get over that. Get over it. It's as well, simple as that. Convert, conversely, Shawnee, the all saying, profitability. Oh, what you're saying, Shawnee, is uh, – sorry, Matt. No, go ahead, Matt. No, no, I was just going to say, conversely, is we don't care about the bottom line and the revenue. No. I, don't, I, I don't give a, I don't exactly. give a shit about it at all. When the Swiss Ramble tweets exactly. come out, I read them and go, hey, look at how good we're doing. But I really don't care. And you know that those guys sitting there in Boston are looking at that going, how is our investment doing? Because they have spent half a billion more than that on it. Uh, I just got to fire through some super chats here. We've kind of fallen behind on it. Marcus Barnes, two pounds. Thank you very much. He says, too many fans want sugar daddy owners. Agreed, Marcus. And those people seem to forget the role that the person who's getting the money from the sugar daddy has to do and that's fucking old wrinkly dude so you know be careful what you wish for same as you shawnee i don't know if mila kunis is going to know to let that guinness rest if she's pouring it for you uh <laughs> Casey had a had a super chat in here for four pound 49 so after all that shawnee we're bollocks i guarantee the fan base would give up everything to go above man united on 21 everything Yes. Uh, maybe for that maybe for that day you know it was like what jonathan was saying is that after you've won and you're in the pub afterwards you're not thinking about where the money's coming from you're fucking thinking about the hilarious stuff you're going to say to your buddies that have been busting your balls for years and years you know we get to number 21 yeah and people aren't going to care in that moment because they're going to be getting a lot of payback for the shit that you've had for pretty much your entire adult life but at the end of the day again the sugar daddy thing there's a wrinkly ball bag waiting for you and you have to confront it because it's right in front of your face. And uh, City fans and Newcastle fans, they seem to be okay with it. I don't know if I would be. And uh, Marcus Barnes had a two-pound super chat. What about you, Gav? Would you want a Saudi owner? And I think you kind of answered that actually, well, right? When he well, I was going to get to the owners thing, right? Or where, where is it going? Like, People are, people are going to come away from this show and they're going to say, oh, you defended them this, you defended them that. I don't give a fuck about them, right? 
I just want Liverpool to be good. And if that means that they have to, that they continue to do what they're doing and they earn all this revenue and they put it all back into the club and we're competitive and, you know, we're trying to win trophies, which we have done, I'm fine with that. If they get some protection from somewhere with regards to the financial fair play, it helps us. If we don't, they're going to struggle. That's that's it, right? Um, but the ownership thing, I've said it for so long, Liverpool are a 9 out of 10 club for me, right? They're a 9 out of 10 club. The only thing that stops them from being a 10 out of 10 club is if someone massively wealthy came in and went, you know what, bang, here we go. Do you know what I mean? But who should it be? Do you know what I mean? Who should it be? Because I'm not on board. I'm not on board with being owned by a state-owned, a sovereign state. I'm just not. I think Shawnee said it earlier. I would be one of those that would be vehemently against it, where I just it's just not Liverpool Football Club, right? It's just, and it's not Manchester City Football Club either. Manchester City are a mid-table, first division slash Premier League team. It's not Manchester City, and it's not Newcastle either. Newcastle are a middle to bottom end Premier League side, right? That so it, when people say, "Oh, it's not Liverpool," no, it's not. But on a moral thing, I, I, I'm just I'm not a fan of it. I think if, yeah, if you want, yeah, if you it's, in, it's in, in the perfect the world, state, though, right? in a perfect, you see, you're anyone buying Liverpool Football Club is not buying it. Yeah, but you never go to Anfield again if we were on boy being. I would, group. I would struggle. Yeah, I'd struggle. I really would. Nah, I, I you think. Wouldn't. You're well, a it state, no, though, right? I'm telling you, like, Shani. Yeah, Shani. You would, you would be a lawyer. You're a lawyer. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. You gave your opinion, and I didn't call you a lawyer. Right? Like, I'm giving like, mine. Like, like, I'm giving mine. Yeah, I'm telling We're, you I now. A, I'm telling you now as a football club. As a football club as, as as a football club that Liverpool are, right? And my own opinion on what's going on at Manchester City and Newcastle. I couldn't stand here and I think what's going on at Manchester City and Newcastle is ludicrous, right? Absolutely ludicrous that it's happening. I couldn't, right, myself turn around, I wake up in the morning and go, um, do you know the fellas that own Man City, they, they, they got rid of them and they own Liverpool this morning? I, I couldn't. I just couldn't. And that's just me. I just... Uh, and it's it's not... Because the fine, because the only reason you want them is for the finances. That's all you want them for. You don't want them... And, you know, people will throw this and, and that around as to why they're good, bad or indifferent. It's only for the finances. And the only reason you want them is because someone else has them and they're cheating. That's all you want. I don't for. think. I don't think myself or Shawnee said that we wanted them per se. I think we said that if they came on board, if we were taken over them in the morning, would we be gone from the club? Me personally, I don't know. If say fragments say, I don't know. Some Dubai took over. I would. would I stop supporting Liverpool? Would I stop going to Anfield? I don't know. Now I'm not here twerking for Dubai. I'm not saying, oh Dubai, I want that oil money. I'm not saying I want that money. But if that possibility arose and it did happen, like it's like I've supported Liverpool since nineteen eighty seven, it's it's hard to pull away from that. Yeah, but just but you see the way I look at it is, and and go on what only you, you get. The only only you're gonna get is like Shawnee said, status. They're gonna buy Liverpool to say they own Liverpool, right? And the only people you can get to do that is stay owned, or fucking Elon Musk, or the fella that owned the fucking Amazon, right? Someone along them lines. They're, they're your only options because nobody's looking at. Oh, they're two sausages. They no, but hold on. But I'm, talk, I'm talking. I'm talking about the, the money they possess, right? Yeah. 
right? The amount of money they possess. But like, you know, it's it, for me, it's just, it's not like 10 years ago where they went, oh, 300 million is a great deal and we can invest in that and we can get up to whatever it's worth and it's it's a it's a brilliant investment. This is just somebody going in and going, I'm making, I'm losing a shitload of money on this, let's be honest about it. I'm going to lose a ton of money on it. But I can say I own Liverpool Football Club. Yeah, right? it's a, it would only be a fantasy project. Yes, of course it would. And that's where you're going to end up. There's no other way around it. It's, it, like it's just, Rangers, there's right? no exactly. other way around it. And for me... Listen, if someone extremely wealthy came in, right, that wasn't a sovereign state, I just don't, I can't understand how sovereign states are allowing own football clubs. I just can't get it, right? But if somebody walked in tomorrow and said, I I, I made fucking 150 billion on whatever, a business, and I want to come in here, and I know I'm going to lose money on it, but I support the club or whatever. We don't even need to support the club because that's a bit too romantic. But I'm coming in here. I'm not going to lose a lot of money, but Liverpool is just fucking one of the bastions of sport and shit like that. Yeah, okay. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that them lads up the road are cheating, which they are, right? And the fellas for the north of them are fucking cheating, which they are. And they're being allowed to, and their only way out, our only way out is to fucking go and do what they're doing. No, not for me. No, never, never. So, Gab, I got to go. Is it just the concept of state ownership? Because I don't think I would be upset if the Norwegian sovereign investment fund that has a trillion dollars bought Liverpool. Yeah, but you see, it's not Norway even that. Norway doesn't have it's, a it's not even that. No, no, no. What I'm saying is. If somebody came in tomorrow, right, and bought Liverpool... You'd never get a ticket for an Anfield, No, you wouldn't. Say, no, we just don't. Hey, fuck that. I already have to pay $1,000 for my... What I'm trying to say is... What I'm trying to say is... All things being equal, right? Who really gives a fuck who owns a club, right? If you have FFP, and if you are, as an owner, you're only allowed to put X amount in, okay? X amount in per how many years... FSG don't do that. They have this model. They're brilliant at it. Does it work? Does it not? We can argue it all fucking day. But what's happening with these is, is that they're probably putting in the 150 million every two years they'll put in. And then they've some fucking random betting company that nobody fucking bets with, right? That are just turning around going, yeah, they give us 50 million a year. No, they fucking don't. No, they yeah. don't. Well, and they don't have to prove it. With that, Gab. But but I what I'm saying no no this. what I'm saying is is, is that, that if they if, if also look, perverted Matt, the market. Oh, but hold on a minute, hold on they a minute. They took Matt. the hold transfer on. fees and ballooned them so that only a handful of teams could afford players. Yeah, but the hold on a second. Thing, hold which on a second. Is from Qatari owners. If if I offered every Liverpool fan tomorrow the FSG model, the FSG model, right? But we will invest 150 million, right, of our own money over every 50 million a year, 60 million a year, whatever. Every year of our own money in, everyone would fucking take it. Everyone would take it, right? I think. But at the same time, in three years' time, you go, we're to put another 200 million in. doesn't matter because them lads over there are to sign in five deals that no one knows fucking anything about and it's worth 200 million a year. So it makes no fucking difference. No matter exactly. what owner you have, exactly. no matter what owner you have, right, unless they are fucking cheating, cheating, it makes no fucking difference. So you're either picking a side now, do it right, and have to deal with no protection from the governing bodies, which is what's happening for a lot of clubs, not just Liverpool, or Chi. That's your two options right now. That's it. It's two options. Chi 
or do it right yes. without protection. The biggest thing in this is governing bodies should be turned around to the clubs that are spending money that you know they're not generating and turn around going, listen, we want every fucking piece of paper as to what you're, where you're getting this money from and we're going to investigate it to the fucking last. We want to know everything, but they're not. They're just putting the it in. Team, they, got a, they got a different piece of paper. Free this florist in fucking Salford gives us 25 million a year. No, they don't. Prove they fucking don't. That's it. I think Matt had, Matt was had a great point earlier about the American sports. A, a salary cap is probably the way forward, really. But then they'd probably be yeah. behind the yeah. brown envelope well, name and send as well. Yeah, but hey, sure, they're it, already it, doing that, Jonathan. They're already yeah, doing that. Like, yeah. City's wage bill is less than ours on paper. Yeah. Because they get paid. Yeah. And look, this and this is the literal crux of the argument. It's pick your poison. Like, Whoever you feel about FSG, you should direct your anger at the likes of your wife for not protecting your football club. Yeah. But Johnny, it's absolutely. I think it's absolutely all right for Jonathan. For you, I think it's absolutely all right for you, Jonathan, me, Matt, anyone in that chat to turn around to FSG and just just put it out, not kick and scream and go on. Just turn around, and go listen. <coughs> Your model is great. You earn loads of revenue. You put it all back in. But you, you're worth X amount under your portfolio. You might need to put X amount per year in on top. Okay, you'll probably lose 250 million over the next three years. But the club will still be worth four or five billion. Like, like Jonathan said earlier, you can, you can, you know, you can absorb that sort of thing. But if you don't, you're, you're going to lose 400 million off your value. So you're actually, it's spending it actually makes sense, but that's just the model they have. It's just as simple as that. You know what I mean? Like uh, P Max says, Gav, if the if the state bought a LFC, uh, you're shutting down the channel and quitting football. Yeah, I probably would, and that's genuinely I probably would. Do you think I'm sitting doing this channel making a fucking fortune and it'll be a massive uh, financial fucking burden to me if we you got to our state owned tomorrow? It wouldn't. The day trippers. Dubai will buy the day trippers. I mean, they'll buy it and. Yeah, they probably will. Someone in the world. You pay me that money on where the fucking uh, wherever they want me on this thing. I don't give a bollocks. Fly me out of the pan. <laughs> Look, no, we cannot pretend. I, we're all bashing sorry, the morality when it comes to PMAC. PMAC said something earlier, and it stuck with me. He said, "We're already a billionaire's plaything. They just spend their money on hockey and baseball." Get your facts straight. It took me two Googles to show that the. Yeah annual salary of the Red Sox and the Penguins combined isn't what we spend on wages. That doesn't include player transfers, which isn't a thing in baseball and hockey. You don't buy players in baseball and hockey. You don't spend the insane wages, like the the agencies, all that stuff. You're out of your mind. Liverpool costs a ton of money to run. When you have to spend $80 just to have the option to give a player a multi-million dollar contract, that only exists in football. That doesn't exist in American sports. Their owners would have nothing to do with that. And I brought up the issue of the salary cap. I don't have an issue with salary caps as a general idea. The dark side of having a salary cap is be prepared to every 10 years to lose an entire season when the players go on strike or the well, owners lock them up. Super, super, the this, super this lady for us says, football is dead, UEFA and, FA, and the FA 
Um, and, and I, he might mean FIFA. I've killed it. Yeah, it's well on the way. Mike McCardle says, Gav, FSG don't want to win as much as we do. One title every 10 years will do them, just like the World Series. But Mike... Mike. I mean, they won, they've won three. Like yeah, Since but, the turn yeah, of the century, Mike. they're the most successful team in baseball. So that's another thing yeah, but, that somebody's saying that doesn't actually, it doesn't ma- mesh up with reality. Yeah, it's not real. The Red Sox are the most successful yeah. baseball team of the last 20 years. But, but my whole, my whole yeah. team would want exactly. to win. Exactly. So Danny Dyer's going to jump off whole team would want in these standings in a few weeks. But my whole team would want them to win as much as we do, right? My whole thing on that is, is that that's just... That's just like if I if, if I think that it's just my thought, there's no proof behind it. If they if they didn't want to, they, the model would be for me would be we're earning six hundred million a year, um, but listen, we're only we're only spending three fifty of that because we don't want to win this really. We just want to hover around there. And uh, do you know what it is? It would be the Glazers because the Glazers I don't think want to win. The Glazers just want to once them numbers keep ticking over the Glazers, they're not looking at fucking league tables. Or fucking fellas in yellow and green scarves. They're just literally looking at the numbers ticking over. That's not wanting to win. Well, can you imagine that? The Glazers spend more than. Yeah, exactly. The Glazers spend more than Liverpool nearly every year, but they take fucking. They've siphoned billions out of the club. Would you prefer them? Because they throw money around willy nitty. Give up the real football and go and play Ultimate Team and look after yourselves because. I've only 173 players left in the ultimate team there. Massive, massive yeah, call. There you me. go. That's like Come on, John. You have out on loan when you are breaking all the rules. Just um, showing you on the legacy team. So if we don't qualify for Champions League next season, that would be the last year we probably won't be in it because of the legacy thing, is it? So next summer we Correct. don't qualify yeah, for Champions one, League. You'd have one season out and then you'd Correct. be in back in. Then we'd be back in yeah. no matter what. Yeah. We'd be yeah. back in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I literally, like, it's a Jonathan, you're hitting the nail on the head and it comes down to this. That worries me a little bit now. But that's why. That's why. That's why. You don't see a big need for risk. America. Yeah. I don't see American capitalism in a nutshell. No, it's not. It's risk. If Liverpool don't make the top four this season, they'll be out of the Champions League next season and then they're guaranteed the Champions League spot for every year after that because their legacy will put them in. Basically what they, it's the Super League. It's just, they they have a list of 20 clubs in Europe that they will make sure is in the Champions League every season and if they have to put 50 teams in it to plumage a lot of teams around Europe, they will because it it won't matter. That'll all get filtered out between fucking August and December and then let's get down to the real business and that's what it is. And the Super League under the UEFA badge and 2025 is going to come along and the new FFP rules has already been given to the clubs so it's basically a case of you fill your fucking boots in the next three years because when we come to 2025 we're going to make it look like oh um, it was 70% now it's only 60% and they'll do all this stuff and what will happen is you'll have sponsors coming out of fellas ears by 2025 right? and they'll just keep going Um, you can only spend 60% of a billion this year, and they go, no, it's actually 1.4 billion that we get in sponsors now. And they're like, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they'll put all this in place over the next three years. They've been pre-warned. They've been given the fucking answers to the test three years in advance. I'll tell you what. That's what's happening. PSG's chairman is on the body of UEFA. That tells you all you need to know. That's the end of it. And lads, we can argue to the fucking cows come home about who owns Liverpool. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. And, and listen, on a very simple, basic level, I think there's, there's, 
there's good argument to have on them being good in areas. I think there's good areas for them being bad in areas. I think there's good um, debate over who was responsible, uh, genuinely, when it comes to the good things that are going and the, the bad things that are done. But Sean, he's right. Unless you're willing to cheat, right, you're not going to get anywhere. Because And, and that, that's probably the outcome. You, unless you're willing to cheat under the current circumstances, you are not going to, you are just simply not going to compete. Even if they turned around tomorrow and said, we're going to put 60, 70 million a season in for the next five seasons of our own money. You're not, because what will happen is, them other clubs will just go, they put 70 in, ring up someone there and get two sponsors for fucking 150, will you? The only That's thing what's is, happening. they can only sign so many players, like City and Newcastle can only sign so many players. So yeah. There will yeah. still be other players for us to sign. Yeah, correct. But what they'll do is when they, when we go to sign anybody, they'll throw their interest in and just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it until they they strangle you. That's that's what that, that's what's going to happen. Uh, that's, that's and the, and the fact that, that the fact that two of them are there now is is going to strangle the market. Absolutely, I think, strangle the British yeah, transfer. Market. I think most people feel now the clock deserves to be backed. Like it's a once in a lifetime manager. Don't let these years go by. He's only got three, Fully four years left. Uh, Fully back Who do you reckon Klopp signed on, Jonathan? <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a good question. Was he given guarantees? I don't know. Um, only only he and the board know that. I just look. I think a lot of the fans' anger, in particular, is it like there's people who've been banging the drum for years, and then when we're winning titles and all, they go quiet. But then when it's it's shit again, they come back around. You know the type. Fucking loud as a mouth of week, but you you nothing you can do about it. But. I, I, I genuinely, like, I can't get past blaming it on, and I'm not turning around saying, this is fucking, people turn around going, how can you blame Klopp? Because it's probably his fault this year. Yeah, he's not infallible. He, he's not infallible. And Julian Ward, he, that, they didn't, if, like, that, I'll just go back to the, the most reason. We, we had two or many. So where, the, where was the 50 million going for another midfielder? Like, you cannot tell me there wasn't another at least one midfielder. You can't of course look at Yeah, but Shawnee, that that's exactly. not that's not Julian Ward going to FSG going, we want to spend the money we had earmarked for Chua Many on exactly. midfielder. Exactly. And FSG saying no, it's going down. It's going down. That's Julian Ward and his team yeah. going to Jurgen Klopp going, exactly. we've got 50 million. We like this guy. And Jurgen Klopp going, no, I think we can get another year out of Henderson, out of Thiago, out of Fabinho. Yeah. Naby will be good. Chamberlain looked good in training. And they went, okay. And then everybody got fucking hurt. And we end up towards exactly. the end of Chris, the season. Chris Bracknell, like Klopp hasn't just had one contract extension at Liverpool. He's had two. If, if, if he had any... Doubts about how this football club is being run. There's no fucking way he would have stayed. Because if I'm being honest with you, I actually think Klopp hates England. He hates the media. I'm not even sure he loves football anymore the way he did. We've seen the well, way he, he got like through COVID. Yeah, like, you know, like you need to think about it. Like, years and years ago, think about how far the club have come. All right? Forget who owns us, all right? Forget who owns us. We'll have a near 70,000 seat at stadium next year. Stand the chart that they're going to have to pay through the teeth to stay in the front of the jersey. No matter what fucking competition yeah. we're in. Nike, they have to pay out. It's as simple as that. 
like Mo Salah, we had to give him more money than we've ever played. He was there for the discussion. We don't lose our best player. You need to think it's you take the rough with the smooth. They've made a bollocks of an awful lot. They've done an awful lot of good. If they left tomorrow, would I give a bollocks? No. But would I be worried about what sort of hands we ended up in? Absolutely. The issue for me is if there was an alternative to FSG that were whiter than white and had fucking more money than God, sign me up. But I go back to it. People are saying that. People are saying I'm dealing. People are saying I'm dealing in extremes. We're up against the extremes, lads. We're up against the extremes. There's people trying to tell you Hal and cost less than fucking newness mm. because you believe in these narratives that are spun by talk sport, by Sky Sports news. I fucking telling you now, you wouldn't buy a pair of fucking Erling Haaland socks for the money we've had to put out for Nunes. And that's just the fact of the matter. He's probably on nine times more a week. Well, it, you, you don't, this is, it's not factored in though, Gab. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, everyone just looks at, he was 80 million, he was only 50 million. Why didn't we sign Haaland? <laughs> Yeah. Because it doesn't work like Yeah, well, no, it doesn't you know work what I mean? like that. But we're nearly, at, we're nearly at midnight. But I think I think going back to the start um, or through the middle of the show there, I think um, in the immediate future, I think Jonathan and Shawnee both mentioned that January into summer is big. and Big. And, and not, not big in the case of, you know, to the extremes of big. I think it's just to, to dig ourselves out of it, I think a conundrum we've got ourselves into. I think it is quite big. Yeah, I think I think it's quite big. Um, can we get out of here now, Ma? It's twenty. To I think so. I mean, regardless of Marcus Barnes with another two pound super chat saying great debate, stay on for at least another hour, please. I don't know if we can uh, get away with that, Marcus, but it it's been brilliant. I mean, I just asked the chat before we leave. Uh, first off, please hit the like button. I mean, you get all this stuff for free. It might not help you find it because you obviously came and looked for it, but other people when they're searching for Liverpool on YouTube. All those extra likes and subscribes, it just helps drive the show out to people that otherwise wouldn't be able to find it. I'm sure that's how I found it back in the day, because I certainly wasn't looking for, you know, angry Irishmen yell about football. So, <laughs> and I ended up being here. Um, but I, I, I would just like to get everybody, like, let's say out of five, one being lowest, five being highest. How would you rate the ownership of FSG? I'll throw this to the chat as well, too. Everybody throw your, uh, Throw your answers in there. I mean, we're talking off-field, on-field for the full 12 years. Uh, Jonathan, you got a rating for me? Yeah, off-field, five out of five. Can't argue with the new stadium, the commercial revenue. On-field, three out of five. It's not bad, Shani. In a world with rails, five out of five. In this world without rails, doomed out of five. <laughs> Get smart ass and Gav. Uh, no, it's just a of, fact. It's four, four out of five. Yeah, I think. I yeah, think. It, I think. I think. If you, if you look at it, if you look at it overall, they've done an outstanding job at Liverpool Football Club. But I, I kind of agree those areas where they could improve. Um, and that's not to say that they're up against we've what we've spoken against. But I think. I think the mistakes they've made, um, misjudging a fan base, and maybe if maybe just pushing the boat a little bit more at times, and maybe that's a little bit down to club, but you know you kind of have to put them all in together. Um, I yeah, I'd, I'd say four out of five. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go kind of the same as what Jonathan went. I think off field, I think five out of five. Uh, in terms of the bones of this club, we are in. I mean, I did a pile of research for this show. the The state of the club is so much better than it was 12 years ago. And it cannot be argued. I don't think it can be argued. They added 15,000 seats by the time the Annie Road is done. 15,000 seats to Anfield. And we get to stay at one of the most famous stadiums in all of sports in the entire world. And that's what FSG did with the Red Sox. It's what they've done with us. They won't do it with the Penguins because Pittsburgh's hockey rink is a fucking shithole. Uh, and... And on the field, I give them four. So I'd average No, it's a big igloo. It's like inflatable. Their hockey rink is just embarrassing. So they need to build a new hockey rink for them. So yeah, get don't be surprised if FSG doesn't have a ton of money to only spend. We're not the only thing they own, but uh, yeah, I'd give them a four and a half out of five. But uh, yeah, just before we get out of here, just remind everybody, there's still a few more. I checked our friends over at weareliverpool.ie. We got our uh, day trippers beanie hats also called toques in the civilized world, available for order. There's got to be only a couple of them left. 22 euros. As soon as I get them in, they'll ship them out. Can't wait because it is getting to be toque weather over here in Canada. Uh, but, man, this, this was a lot of fun. Jonathan, thanks a lot for coming on, man. You got anything before we get out of here? No, thanks very much for having me on. Enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Yeah. I'm actually off over to the game Saturday, so and I've never been beaten at Enfield. So we'll be oh, honest. yeah, thanks for that, Jonathan. No point in fucking watching <laughs> yeah. now. Fuck's sake, talk about jinx, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And, Shani, uh, another couple of pints of Guinness for you? No, no, we'll be hitting the hay. Actually, I probably won't. I'll probably be on Xbox with Gav, I'd say. But, uh, no, uh, <laughs> just um, fair play to the 99% of the chat for keeping it bleeding, dumb, and a fucking big fair play to Jonathan for coming out behind the the Twitter avatar and coming on and cheering this view and having the balls and having the gall to come on and speak his mind. It's not fucking as easy as it looks. And the thing is, you ask 95% of these people, they're going missing. They won't reply or they'll have some sort of stupid excuse. And everyone knows who I'm talking about. The fucking idiots. Oh, my new favourite thing, sausages. That's what they are. A lot of sausages sausages now, don't Again, Fair play to Jonathan coming on. Uh, fair play to Matt for keeping yeah. him in the house. I'm not sorry for going out ranting. Look, yeah. the World Cup's in Qatar in three weeks. They might soften the blow and, and see you might actually love it and go, do you know what? I want a bit more of that. Or you might be just completely fucking fed up. Right? But uh, yeah, enjoy it anyway. Enjoy it tonight. Yeah, that was good. And Gav, I think this turned out about as good as you could have hoped for, eh? Yeah, it was a great discussion, in fairness. Um, it covered loads, and like Shani said, the people in the chat um, kept it civil, because when things like this come up, it can get a bit heated. And um, But now, listen, you're absolutely fine in there having different views than me or Shani or Jonathan or Matt or anybody in that chat. You're absolutely fine having different views once you keep it civil. And it was kept civil tonight. I didn't see, I didn't really see one bad comment in there tonight. Um, Jonathan's come on, fair play to him. Um very good feedback already in the chat about Jonathan, so uh, he'll be on again, no doubt. And um, rest of the week, he won't be a fucking late beat as the week. Late beat as he can go for himself. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but um, what they say Thursday, we've Premier League forecast tomorrow. We've full time Reds on Saturday. We've the fat back four on Sunday, and then we're back into it again next week. Yeah. It doesn't stop until it does stop, and then mm-hmm. we'll have to figure out what exactly we're going to do to fill the six weeks of the fucking World Cup up with. Mm-hmm. Yippee. 
Well, anyways, that was great. Thanks, everybody, for joining. If you haven't hit the like button yet, please hit it on the way out before you go. Bell icon and all that youtube stuff sort of thing. Thanks for joining us on the Viewer's Voice, the LFC Day Trippers. See you guys next Thursday. Sports Social Podcast Network.